Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Carson, I didn't come to you live from North Carolina. What a blessed day it is to be here with each and every one of you. Thanks for jumping in early for everyone. And those who jumping in on replay, we welcome you in uh, on Facebook and podcast, YouTube, wherever you guys are watching you're from. I want to today focus on the relationship with the United States and Israel and and really the covenant blessing there and building off of the the title of the day of understanding the authority of covenant and it's amazing how the Lord lines this stuff up. I'm not doing this intentionally. I'm just following the Lord and, and going through this. I felt like going through this prayer point um, journey here that Chuck points out on the future war of the church. And today the verse of the day is in Genesis 12. And we've gone through this before, but we're kind of going to go deeper into this scripture than we have before. And seeing the covenant that the Lord has with Israel and and how here he's telling Abram from his journey to go to Egypt and through the land of that was then being possessed by the land of Canaan and saying, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land, which I shall show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and the ones who curse you. I will curse and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Then he goes on to talk about how Abram with his wife, Sarah, and nephew Lot went and took their possessions um, through out to the land of Canaan. And there uh, the Lord appeared to Abram in verse 7 and says, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built the altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. Um, and then eventually going on down to Negev, eventually to Egypt because of the famine in the land. And then you hear you see the story of Abram saying that Sarah is his, his sister, not his wife. And then obviously Pharaoh um, having an encounter with the Lord, understanding uh, the curse that might come on him if he were to uh, have relations with Abram's wife, Sarah, at that time. Now, the the inter- the important thing here we want to point out is is the covenant here and really understanding the authority of a covenant here that the Lord has with Abram and we see through scripture here how and really why the Lord is continuing to be obedient to the promises that he has given to the the people of the descendants of Abraham 
continuing on understanding that covenant of blessing those who bless them and cursing those who curse them. And that plays an important role to a lot of things that are going on in this nation right now and how this administration is handling certain things, uh, some things we've been following with the Iran nuclear deal. Um, and we'll get into that here. But I want to read a passage um, from the book of the Future War of the Church that Chuck points out here so that we can um, go through our prayer point here that he, he points out with this. And let me make sure it comes up. Okay. He says here, he says, Understand the power of covenant. As a born-again believer, so we are granted into God's covenant with Abraham through the blood of Christ. And, and covenant involves promises, commitment, and faithfulness, and loyalty, even unto death. The, the war in the earth realm is over God's covenant blessings, and he will war through his people to maintain his covenant on the earth. Then they go on to say this, is that for the prayer point for today, to go along with this understanding of the authority of covenant, is declare that the blood of Jesus says to the enemy, hands off, this is not your territory, wherever that may be. For our team in Israel, as they're there praying at this specific time, I think it's it's really interesting that they're there, and I'll get into that here in a second. But in our individual lives, in our families, in our cities, our states, our nation, where is there where the Lord has given us authority? And and most individuals in America, it starts with solely their individual and family lives. If we can start there, then it can grow um, exponentially into neighborhoods, into cities into states into the nation and that's that's the journey that's the battle right there um it seems easy but it's very very um a difficult thing to walk out as even israel in its heyday um, struggled with walking that out and being obedient to the lord as we are seeing right here in our nation as well okay with that foundation today of understanding the authority of the covenant, we see now, and I want to spend a lot of time on some things that are happening overseas because our administration is being involved. We want to pray for them and the decisions that they have in the coming hours, uh, not just days. So we see yesterday that air raids continued throughout Ukraine um, for a second day, uh, bombings on civilian sites, um, not necessarily military sites, um, airports it just civilian casualties are starting to increase you're also seeing uh belarus come out and saying that they're going to now possibly detroit deploy troops alongside russian troops in possibly into ukraine near the crimea region they've been they've been helpful in the past now it's they're increasing ever more now where this ties in with our administration is the fact that so yesterday the president came out, and more so the White House came out and condemned the actions, saying this is unprovoked from Russia. We could quite agree with that. Okay, they're saying the same things. Then when, in a call to um, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, Biden is being reported from the White House, says, you know, he gives his condolences to the acts, um, pledges to continue providing Ukraine with support they needed to defend itself, including advanced air defense systems. He, this is straight from the White House saying he also underscores the president, his ongoing engagement with allies and partners to continue imposing costs on Russia, holding Russia accountable for its war crimes, which they're not, and atrocities, and providing Ukraine with security, economic, and humanitarian assistance. 
the huge question is, what does security, economic, and humanitarian assistance truly fully mean? We do know uh, that is being reported from The Hill that President Biden will meet with what is being called a group of seven counterparts who, um, not seeing reports on who that is, it most likely be the UK, France, Germany, Ukraine, maybe Poland, um, some other nations there as well. Maybe I'm, I'm missing some. In a what's being called an emergency virtual summit to condemn a bloody new phase of Russia's war with Ukraine. And obviously, most likely going to be talking about how they can help provide assets, military assets, weapons-grade material to Ukraine to help defend itself. It's a split strategy because it's okay, we're helping them defend themselves without sending bodies and getting into war, but also is we're depleting our defense base here without restocking it. And when we do restock, when we will have to restock it, it's going to come at a high cost due to inflation and the cost of everything going on right now. So it's very problematic and, and just something we really need to pray for this administration to have wisdom and fear of the Lord on these issues when dealing with Ukraine because there's there's a lot going on with this and obviously understanding those who are involved excuse me are not I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible, are not the most experienced in military negotiations. And it's also, this is the big thing right now in the news. Not talking about the issues that are going on with, with China and North Korea, which kind of hold a little bit stronger weight. Biden's talking about, you know, nuclear Armageddon, all this stuff with Putin, really putting the focus on Putin. But there's also other fronts on this uh, that the president should be able to handle as we've seen with the previous president and now they're starting to come back up because they look at the United States and this administration as being very very weak so something to really pray about and pray with this president as he has these meetings as his administration has these negotiations with the likes of the allies involved with what's going on in Ukraine with with Japan alongside with what's going on with China and North Korea as well. Now, in something to go along with Genesis 12, understanding those who bless Israel shall be blessed. It is now being reported. We've been following this this along for the past couple days of the deal, the maritime gas rights deal between Lebanon and Israel. It is being reported through the middle of the night this morning that Israel and Lebanon have supposedly reached, it's very interesting that they're saying this very next phrase, a U.S.-mediated agreement settling a long-time running maritime border dispute and delineating the two countries' economic waters in the Mediterranean Sea. That is what Epoch Times is calling it. That is what the... Um, Jerusalem Post is calling it a U.S. Medita uh, mediated agreement, and you have the Hill bragging about the fact that Biden 
administration has brokered, quote-unquote, has successfully brokered a deal between warring states, Israel and Lebanon, delineating maritime borders. The reason this is very, very problematic to be bragging that the United States is forcing Israel to give up not only water rights, drilling rights along the Mediterranean Sea in the northern part of Israel and Lebanon, is because Iranian-backed Hezbollah forces will be involved in the extraction of gas and the southern region of Lebanon and Syria in possibly being the ones who are positioned on these oil rigs, possibly p positioning Iranian-backed forces who have weapons to possibly attack Israel. A huge matter of national security for Israel. The sad thing is that the Israeli government and even... Um, Benny Gantz, who is a part of the security sector, is going along with this, um, which is very, very problematic. The huge caveat in this that is not being reported by American news outlets, but is by the Jerusalem Post, is that this still has to go to the Knesset through several security cabinet meetings, executive cabinet meetings. During our, the United States, middle of the night, Israel's day, they will be having these meetings tomorrow. Through this, the prayer would be that as the truth comes about on the reality of this deal, because the full deal has not been published and the public and the people of Israel do not know what is in this deal. The Knesset does not know what's in this deal. And for this deal to fully go through, the Knesset has to vote it through. Just as if an international deal the Biden administration makes with any other nation has to go through Congress to be pushed forward to make it a legally binding agreement. Same thing applies here. It has to go through the Knesset. It has to be voted forward through the Knesset. The huge issue, huge, 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 huge issue, cannot stress this enough, is that Israel has another elections on November 1st for a new government because this current this sitting government which is a lame duck government in israel is making this deal meaning they don't fully have the authority to do it the knesset has no idea what's in this deal and yet they're having elections come think about this it's 2024 and this current administration for whatever all intents and purposes is making a deal with russia pushing it forward Literally in October, three, four weeks before elections come up. When you know that administration will most likely not be there come the end of November or the beginning of December. That's kind of the ramifications that are happening here. And really the only one that publicly is speaking out against this is Netanyahu. Now people are just saying, well, that's just Netanyahu, he's saying this, but he's not wrong, is why would you why would you let an Iranian-backed forces in Hezbollah be along your southern, your northern border? Would we allow Russian and Chinese forces to be along the Canadian border? I think that answers your question there. The big problem um, with this is, again, as I said, the, the, the fact that the current 
Prime Minister Neftali Bennett and Lapid are going forward with this, not disclosing it to the public, which is very, very problematic. And I think it's it's really interesting to see that we have part of our team on the ground there, um, and we're communicating back and forth, giving updates, praying, um, hopefully. And there are people within Israel who are, are extremely upset. There was even someone in the United States who, um, I want to make sure I get this right, said, uh, former U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman uh, said on Twitter that until the terms of the agreement are made public, it will be difficult to formulate accurate assessments because we don't know what's in the deal. It's not fully out there. That's very problematic. And the fact that you have the media and the Biden administration taking credit for this deal when no one knows if this is a good or bad deal fully. Again, these rumors... Um, the, the, the contingent points that I'm pointing out and that Netanyahu is pointing out are what is known. What else is in the deal that could possibly happen? And the the push for saying why this might be a good thing is that, well, you know, this ends the dispute. This brings about peace. This possibly might be able to help Europe in its energy crisis, which, again, we still don't fully know because we don't know the full parameters of the deal. And the fact that the Biden administration is just so willingly able to wanting to brag about this is very problematic. And so we just want to repent for the Biden administration's involved with this deal of forcing Israel to give up water rights. And it's it's more of a national security issue, and, and it is not a blessing to Israel in, in any sense of the form, not only economically, security-wise, monetarily, in, in no sense of form is it a good thing to say that, hey, we're going to let our sworn enemy who wants to take us off the face of the earth put and position people and assets along our northern border um, within the waterways. That That's not a strategic, very strong strategic move. And, and ultimately, we want to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the leadership there and pray for the people within Israel, their citizens, to be aware of this, become aware of this in this season and understand that not every American... Um, agrees with this deal and, and more so again be humbled uh, and understand that the decisions that this administration is making have an effect and play an effect as is the decisions that Trump made have an effect um, with Israel and the United States as well so we want to be aware of that um, and kind of along that same prayer point there's a report that came out yesterday where the um, International Atomic Energy Agency has a report showing that Iran is racing to expand enrichment at its underground plant so that it can enrich more uranium before they possibly have to hide it out somewhere. Uh, Which, again, doesn't show full good faith in the process of negotiating getting back into the Iran nuclear deal, which we know is an utter disaster to begin with. But excuse me, this administration thinks that getting back in this deal is a good thing. In reality, we see that it's not literally right before our very eyes. And when you have stuff like this, you're getting back into a deal to not be able to enrich uranium, but yet you're doing everything possible to be able to enrich uranium as fast as possible. Again, pray for this administration, the negotiators on this Um we're not the only country involved in this. France, Britain, Germany, 
are also involved. Russia is mediating this. China is involved. Um, huge issue, huge, huge, huge issue to be aware of and stay on top of. Okay. Now, on the home front, we have some interesting things coming out um, from a, I'm going to pull up a video from a politician uh, that is, there's a very thin line to be um, supporting, um, if you know her, a uh, former Democrat now, um, Hawaiian politician, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. She came out and said this, and I, I think this is very interesting. There's some good things. There's some quite interesting things to hear her say. You can so no longer this. remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Now, a lot of what she said... I think a lot of people can agree with and a lot of people have problems with where certain aspects of the Democratic Party are trying to take not only this nation but the Democratic Party. And that thought process is what you called classical liberalism, standing up, being a patriot for this country. But there is a caveat of understanding that she does fully adhere to a lot of even the progressive ideal ideologues and is 100% for abortion. That, that is one of the contentious issues and one of the things that she says will not make her Republican, not saying that the Republican platform is the absolute correct thing, but is, is be fully aware of when you see this uh, and something like this is okay, this is some sanity coming back into the Democratic Party. Again, th this is the same same type of thinking she's she's more along the lines of libertarian ideologues um but but i point this out because okay this is some sanity something's the good talking about we the people but also just no full and well intellectual honesty is that she is for abortion like that that cannot be stated uh, strongly enough um, from anybody but that also to just understand that there are some sane people and I highlight this because, and I want to talk about this because, you know, Rick Joyner talked about, and he he has the prophetic word, and he writes about it in, I believe it's the um, second Civil War, 
where he talks about the right and the left wing of an eagle of our nation are at odds with each other. Obviously, we can see that. But that eventually the right, in what he saw prophetically, was that the the, the eagle would start gnawing off its left wing. And in order for the nation to fly, you need both the right and the left. You need a, an, an, a balance. Because they're... If you take the positive, the redemptive gift of those on the left is they do care for the poor. They do care for uh, and tend to focus on those who are in need. And whereas the right looks at policies and says, okay, we want to do things that are helpful, but not only the poor, but everyone else along the spectrum. And, And at the end of the day, both sides do truly want the same thing it's just the road to get there is different looking at both parties and sometimes with lack of maturity divides come up walls come up and and there can be nego- negotiation and even Rhonda Sandals as we pointed out yesterday um, when put to the test can show that a lot of these left ideologues and talking points are just complete and utter sham and it's nothing more than the keyboard warrior mentality of saying things behind a microphone or a keyboard that you would never say in front of somebody. And and, and so it's interesting to see this type of stuff happening um, with people like a Tulsi Gabbard and, and others. But also understand, okay, there's some sanity, but this is the lines of where they stand from, along with um, people like an Elon Musk, Kanye West, everything. There's some things that they're doing that are in the right direction, but there's also some things that are very problematic. As look, Republicans as well. I, I could point out um, other people as well. So, just full um, intellectual honesty there on this issue. And then, last thing I want to close with is a giant victory from the overturning of Roe v. Wade and Casey. Is that now what is known? is that there, and it's being reported by the Wall Street Journal, that upwards of 66 abortion clinics throughout the country no longer provide abortions after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. 66. Neck, that, that is of this report. Um, 26 of them have closed in total. Um, some have plans to reopen some plans to move elsewhere, but as of now, 66 abortion clinics no longer provide abortion um, after the overturning of Roe, which is a huge thing, huge, huge, huge victory. And then last prayer point to kind of go along with this is that there is now a new case going before the Supreme Court um, that is uh, Chapman versus Doe dealing with the the aspects of a case in Missouri that deals with the informing of parents for a minor who wants to get an abortion. And before the ruling was that parents needed to be involved and informed and in the Chapman versus Doe, they're asking, well, because Casey was overturned and that would, you use that precedence for why we needed to inform the parent, we no longer we no longer now need to inform the parent because that case is overturned. It's complete just buffoonery uh, in and of it all. And so we just want to pray for this golden, intercede for this golden court case of Chapman versus Doe, 
Um, and pray for the justice to have an ear, ear to hear the Lord and fear of the Lord. Hear clearly and rule in accordance with life. Um, and today, take that authority for life that has been established by the Lord. And with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and Casey as well, to understanding that not only um, does life, we want to stand for life, but also that, yes, parents should be involved in the process if a minor is seeking an abortion without the consent of the parent. Um, and, and ultimately, hopefully, standing up for the, the life of the innocent um, and, and the voiceless in this case. So huge, huge positive thing to end on. And, and the thing on that case is that um, it it's already been on the docket. It either stands as is or it's going to be changed. And there's a response um, that does responses due on November 3rd. So this will be a fast turnaround on this case uh, from the Supreme Court, whether they, they toss it back down um, or deal with it in the, in the state of Missouri. So I uh, want to pray for that and along with other things and pray for our team as they're in Israel. They're probably asleep right now. Um, as they're, they're like eight hours ahead. Or excuse me, they're going through their day. What am I thinking? Um, but tomorrow, the 12th, is they will be um, in the land while the meetings with the Knesset and the security cabinet go on for this um, Israel-Lebanon maritime gas deal that, again, is being brokered not only by the United States, but this Biden administration, which is being kept in the dark. If it's such a good thing, why not release it out to the public and let the public know about it? Um, so blessings to each and every one of you. Thanks for following along. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And remember this week we're not doing any noon prayers or have our services. We're on are in fall break in Louisiana and with our team being in Israel. Um, we're going to be taking it light a little bit this week. But I'll be here each and every morning standing on the wall praying for the office of the president with you guys. So blessings and hope. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.